Hello everyone, thank you for checking out this special episode of Really Dicey. This is Manny, and I am here with... Uh, Brian Holland, uh, also known as B.W. Holland from Chaosium. Yes, and today we're going to talk about Alone Against the Static. Uh, is this your your first published work with Chaosium? Uh, this is my first published work with Chaosium. I do have some uh, other pieces. There's actually a, a manuscript I wrote for a Call of Cthulhu book uh, a couple of years ago, which is somewhere in the pipeline. I'm not sure where, uh, but this is the this will be the first thing with my name on it coming out, which is uh, I'm personally very excited about for obvious reasons. I would say, yeah. Yeah. So, so how would you describe this project exactly? People are familiar with the other um alone series that we've sort of done for call of cthulhu this is solo call of cthulhu so in the style of like the old choose your own adventure fighting fantasy type books it's very similar to that except that you actually play the role-playing game here so it's not it's not just uh you know flip to this page to do x or y uh there are still mechanics and you still have a character sheet so you'll still make your d100 roll to see if you pass your athletics check all that kind of stuff and we've got a few of them so there's alone against the flames which is in the starter set which actually teaches you the basics of the game and how to make a character as you play it so that's probably the one that most people are familiar with because we're sold you know everyone has a copy of the starter set at this stage and if you don't go get one and then there's alone against the frost and alone against the dark and alone against the tide and this is alone against the static and i suppose the, the what really makes alone against the static different is is two things one is thematic and one is mechanical thematic reason is uh this is actually set in the 1990s so when i originally pitched it i pitched it as a a i said this, this is modern era cthulhu and i said in the early 90s because i like that period and then I was told by the editors, I'm really sorry to inform you of this, Brian, but uh, the 90s was 30 years ago, and that is no longer modern Cthulhu. And I'm like, oh, right. Oh, gosh. I felt myself waste away. So it is a 90s adventure. Either way, it's still very different to the 1920s as a setting. And the mechanical difference is that uh, uh, I actually created uh, what I call the log sheet, which uh, in, in video game parlance is a... Uh, is a is a mechanic that gates certain content so uh for instance if you if i'm not sure if anyone's ever played a video game who might be watching this but if you, you play a video game for instance and uh you know you'll um you, you might be trying to solve a puzzle or something you walk into a room and it's like oh i you know don't know how to open this locker and then you realize you've got to go and discover uh you know the the key or the secret combination to the locker and once you have that you come back with it whatever uh, so the the log sheet uh, in Alone Against the Static is essentially uh, it, it tracks uh, not just items you find, but also things your character says and does and interacts with. So a uh, thing that happens early on is uh, you you might use the bathroom in the small secluded cabin that you and your partner are staying in on the weekend because uh, you have a you have a, you have a choice when you first show up. You're like, oh, do you do you need, it's been a long drive. Do you want to use the bathroom or do you want to go and help out in the kitchen and if you go to the bathroom you you will notice that oh the um the bathroom lock doesn't actually lock all the way unless you jiggle it a little bit and then uh when you discover that the game prompts you to go to the log sheet and tick the achievement that says occupied later in the story if you have that occupied achievement ticked that will matter which means that because your character knows that there's a problem with the bathroom lock that will either help or hinder you later on so that's and it sort of also works like a little achievement sheet because they're all they're all spoiler free they're just like little statements like that where if you just read them without context you wouldn't know what any of it means so you can look at it fine but you know you can go through and you tick them and they they basically enhance your uh your experience really because it makes it a bit more interactive in my opinion than than just a standard choose your own adventure and the other thing that I think is cool is um, you can play it multiple times and try and 
find all the different things that you that you can get. Yeah, I don't think they're actually. I, it might not actually be possible to get all of them in a single playthrough. But the first time you play it, you might look down and you'd be like, "Oh, I missed like ten of these." So I wonder what I what I could do differently. And some of them are particularly difficult to find. That's that's the big mechanical difference, I suppose. So 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 if I may ask, this is your first published work. Um, why why this story? I mean, you could have written about werewolves in New York City. You could have done. Um, <laughs> Uh, uh aliens in in canada why why this story horror uh as a genre is very divisive for for a bunch of reasons because and i mean well i think there'll be a bunch of reasons within this but the core reason as to why horror is divisive is because the same thing doesn't scare everybody like like manny you might tell me that oh i watched the exorcist the other night that scares the hell out of me the idea of demons and possession like because i don't know what to do in that situation and i could say well i don't believe in demons so that's not scary at all but a guy coming up with an axe that's really scary and you might be like but it's just a guy with an axe i'll you know i'll trip him over whatever you know not saying that you you think either of those things but you see what i'm saying like um yeah for for example uh, so what I wanted to do with Learn Against the Static was sort of show um, at, at like that Call of Cthulhu as a game can be used for different types of horror. The story of a Learn Against the Static is what I would call more of a slow boil horror, sort of in maybe closer to the sort of pacing of a film like Hereditary, as opposed to the pacing of a film like Scream. Um, so there is certainly a Learn Against the, a Learn Against adventures that you can play where you know by the third choice you've oh you've encountered like some sort of monster and you've got to deal with it. And that's a different type of horror to this one. And there'll be some people that will play Learn Against the Static and be like, wow, you're really sort of spending a lot of time talking with your with your uh, your husband or your wife in this in this cabin. When's the scary stuff happening? And there'll be other people that are playing it being like, wow, the idea of being alone in a cabin with no way to contact the outside world with just this one other person is kind of really scary for me. And I'm, I'm very anxious to see what's going to happen. And that's the kind of horror that I'm trying to hype up. Um, the reason I didn't want to write about werewolves in New York City, for instance, is I spent some time in New York City, but you know, and I, I know a little, I know a thing or two about werewolf law. Uh, but I grew up in a country house that was locked in by state forest for about a mile and a half in every direction. And I used to joke that I grew up in like Blair Forest from the Blair Witch Project. Uh, where you're just really, really secluded. And there's there's uh, a lot of people who maybe you've never spent time in a place like that. Even if you're from a country town, if you go further out into the country, like a really secluded area, there's things that happen that you, you might not be aware of, like like what nighttime darkness can actually be like. So like waking up in the middle of the night and it being so dark, you can't even see your hand in front of your face. And I think there's a there's a different level of uh, horror and there's different things you can do. A lot of things I like with like folk horror, for instance, that exist out in those wild places of the world, which uh, um, I think are really fun to look at through a modern lens of Call of Cthulhu. You know, as, as a New Yorker, when it comes to being at, like in the middle of the night in the city, I kind of have a sense of where to go to be safe, you know, stay, stay with the light, stay with the noise. You know, exactly. never venture alone. But the woods, I, I now live in Massachusetts and the woods are scary as crap. <laughs> you know, if it's, if there's pockets of darkness and I don't know what's out there and everything. And uh, um, and I, I find that type of horror quite fascinating. Something about this this naturalness. What is it about nature that can be so eerie? I'm not, I'm not sure. Like, I remember when I was a kid growing up in that in that house that was in the middle of the woods uh, and I would get, you know, I'd watch a scary movie and I'd get really scared. The things that I would tell myself to comfort myself is like, hey, one day you'll be, uh, you'll live in an apartment in the city 
and uh, you won't have to worry about what's outside because there are lights all the time. And cool, like you can still get scared and horrific, horrific things can still happen in the city, obviously. But there is some sort of comfort in that, that like, especially if you're in an apartment building, like, oh, there's something scary happening. But I know there's also other people just on the other side of this wall or below my feet or above me or whatever, right? Um, but the side of you about being secluded and, and it being so dark. And I think there's like a... Uh, a theme or a concept that I try to explore with the, without spoiling anything, by the way, uh, in a learning against the static is, you know, what, what, is, what is it? Basically your exact question is what is it that could exist in those wild secluded places where humankind don't even really inhabit? Like what, what is there maybe to discover in those forgotten places of the world? And I think it maybe comes back to that core sort of lizard brain uh human instinct to fear the darkness because you, you fear what you don't see and what you don't know and when you see like what you're talking about looking into the woods in massachusetts and being like well i don't really know what's out there and it's really dark and i don't know where the safe places are and i think there's like a core fear in that which i think is a really fun thing to explore i'm intrigued that this is a solo rpg you know you know if you asked me a few years ago how i would have felt about solo rpgs I would have been very confused about like why would you want to play a solo rpg and, until i realized until i played one and i realized like oh this is just like those old um choose your adventure books. there were certain types i remember that were they had to use dice you know so mm. seeing it sort of coming back is really interesting and i'm i'm enjoying them they're also great tools to teach people how to play um i'm actually teaching yeah. someone how to play call do by using um the, the what you mentioned before what was in the um uh, started you're letting against the flames yeah yes so if i may ask when you thought of this story in your head did you think of this as a solo rpg in the beginning did it transfer that way later uh yeah so i have like i've written a number of um traditional uh scenarios uh for ttrpgs in the past i've written a whole um vampire the masquerade campaign for the folks of paradox uh, and i've written a bunch of there's still somewhat in the pipeline uh call of cthulhu adventures as well uh and i think the reason i wanted to make this a solo adventure is um i think uh i don't want to use the word railroady but if i were to write the same story as uh as a as a traditional adventure people might create their own characters and 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 bring their characters to the story and it's uh there are there are far more it's 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 be much more difficult to sort of tell the story that I wanted to tell, which was ultimately about I want to tell a story about a relationship between two people, and uh, how this sort of long weekend will affect that relationship and how that horror manifests in that relationship. So, you you couldn't really do this exact story in a situation with a group of five people. Um, particular or even three people or four people that's the other thing is that i really wanted to tell a story about people being you know alone and secluded you might be able to do this as a one-on-one adventure or something like that but i think the main thing just came down to the the specific type of story i wanted to tell i think lended itself more to the solo situation and that sort of trying to get the verisimilitude between the player and the character because i i advise if anyone goes to play this um you'll get it in pdf if you if you you can get it in pdf you can get the the hardcover as well but when you do it i i really recommend what you do is uh play it with you know in the you know at nighttime on your couch when you're alone and put on like a pair of headphones that play like nighttime nature sound like on a on a loop and just let yourself just be uh consumed by it as much as possible i suppose to try and you know feel you know what it's like there i'm trying to be very transportative which is another thing that's more difficult to do 
when you've got a group of people and you know you might be someone's like eating some chips and someone else might want to get up someone might be on their phone someone's using a laptop and that's all fine that's that's i that's how i play role-playing games all the time but again for this particular story that i really felt like 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 telling i thought that uh the uh, solo scenario area was the best place to do it then there were also some other you know sort of marketing reasons why i'm like hey we've never actually done a modern solo i wonder how that will go in comparison to the other solos i wonder if this will indicate that maybe oh, you know, it turns out people want more modern Cthulhu stuff from us. So maybe we should do more of that. Yeah, that kind of thing. So it's sort of, you know, like a test and just sort of see if it works. And we're going to try the the uh, log sheet mechanic, which is cool. The other thing I didn't mention was um, uh, you actually have a choice in Alone Against the Static uh, to play Alex or Charlie. So I, I, either one of the the two partners. Um, and uh, they, the main difference is that they each have different character sheets, which means they have different strengths and weaknesses, I suppose. So I'm glad you mentioned about the character sheets. Um, something, I sort of kind of know the answer to this question, um, but I, I figured just we should bring it up just in case anyone hearing this for the first time is just maybe concerned like, oh, wow, do I have to know the rules for Call of Cthulhu or do I, uh, do I need to have a lot of knowledge about the lore? Um, uh, um, do you, does anyone need to know anything or bring anything to play this game? Sure. So it is um, so a, a scenario like Alone Against the Flames, which is the one that comes in the starter set, that you can just play pretty much by itself because that's the job is to teach you how to play the game as well as playing through the story. Uh, Alone Against the Static does uh, assume a level of, of knowledge of the rules, but uh, I'd like to use this instance to remind everyone that the core rules for Call of Cthulhu are very, very simple. And this is actually designed to be used with just the sort of slimline 12 I think I don't think it's even 12 pages, but the little booklet that comes in the starter set is all the rules you need. You basically only need to know how to make a roll, which is you're going to roll a D100 and get equal to or lower than your the, the target number of that skill. And uh, the game will actually prompt you, like, if you get, if you got this result, go here. If you got that result, go there. Um, Learning Against the Static will actually, uh, some instances, allows you to push a roll as well, which is a Call of Cthulhu mechanic, whereas if you fail a roll, you can attempt that roll again, but something bad will happen. And this is another thing that we wanted to put, or that I wanted to put into a solo experience, as in like, oh, cool, yes, you, you failed to um, make your search roll to try and, and find the flashlight, um, would you like to push it and tempt the roll again? But if you fail a second time, you're actually going to waste uh, a lot of in-game time and, and it might be even later by the time you leave the cabin to go on your walk, like that kind of thing. Um, so the it, it you, you basically all you need is the quick start rules for Call of Cthulhu, which you can download for free off the Chaosium website or if you have the starter starter set. Um, there's also a couple of pages at the start of Alone Against the Static that that basically tell you how this particular version of the game handles things like what happens if you die or lose lose sanity. So there's actually a lot of that built into the product as well. So let's talk about the art direction. Call of Cthulhu books always have amazing, amazing art, amazing layout and design. Um, what can you tell us about the, the direction for this book particularly? Uh, so to be clear, I didn't do the art direction for this book. The art direction was done by uh, by Mike Mason and James Cockier. Um, uh, uh, Jamie also did a lot of the editing on the book as well. Uh, and uh, yeah, no, they did a fantastic job. And I, uh, so all that is to say that I, I'm very happy to be very, very happy with the, what the art looks like here. And I'm not praising myself by saying that. The art is all done by a gentleman named Nicholas Gray, who I believe is, uh, uh, who lives in Ireland. And um, yeah, I'm very glad that the direction that uh, Mike and Jamie went with for the art was sort of a more 
uh, modern sort of realistic style. There's some really great and and some very evocative pieces. I don't think I've mentioned it yet, but Alone Against the, Stat the Static is set in the um, the Black Hills of South Dakota. And I think uh, Nick Gray, with the art that he's done, has really captured sort of the the essence, like the pine trees and the the rocky ridges. The the, the more modern style he's gone with is really evocative of uh, of the story I was I was going to tell. I didn't see any of the art in progress. I only saw it when it was finished, and I was like, "Oh, this is so cool!" And the weird thing about it is, I, I like there's no map of the cabin that you're staying in a land against the static. I only describe it a little bit, but the weirdest thing is that the art that he did of the interior of the cabin, like right down to where things are placed is exactly where I personally was picturing it when I was writing it. So it was kind of really eerie for me because, uh, you know, I didn't go down to the minute detail, like, you know, two feet to the left of that is where that sits, you know? Um, but he, we, he, he and I were very aligned apparently. I've never spoken to him, but uh, I was very happy with it personally. Mm. So. For anyone that's um, playing this for the first time, maybe they're new to Call of Cthulhu, um, enjoying this, and then they're thinking, okay, where can I go next? You know, is there any source books, any direction you can give them? Uh, yeah, I mean, if you're new to Lord, the Call of Cthulhu, the best place to start is obviously the Call of Cthulhu starter set. Um, yeah, the Call of Cthulhu Keeper rulebook is what you need to, to really dive in. If you like the alerting against the, uh, the static um, sort of setting, uh, the book actually includes in the back of it, uh, in one of the appendices, a, a full description and breakdown of the um, the new monster, which is I'm not going to talk about in detail for obvious reasons, but the, the creature or creatures that appear in Alone Against the Static are actually listed in um, the same format as uh, our Malaeus Monstrorum Cthulhu Bestiary. So what that essentially is, is a, is a brand new monster, deity, creature entry uh, that you can take and then actually use in your your full games of Call of Cthulhu. So if you like the setting and whatever, you can use the setting, use that creature and write your own Call of Cthulhu scenario using that. Um, and that that's actually also a, a fun way to to um, to start as well. So you could personally play through a learning against the static. You get an idea for what the horror is and what the creature can do. And, you know, just sort of turn this into a similar tabletop experience as a group. I actually did this myself um, with uh, the group called The Glass Cannon at Gen Con this year. They wanted me to run some modern Cthulhu for them last minute because they had a cancellation. And I just sort of took the exact setting and uh, the the monster I'd created and was like, cool, let's, let's just do this. And uh, that was a very different experience, mostly because they decided to make four characters who are all going away to this cabin for a bachelor party. So it was very funny, um, but uh, the horror really ramped up as well. Uh, but if you're you're new to Call of Cthulhu, there's there's and you like the alone style stuff, there's a bunch of them available that I've already mentioned. And um I think the next best thing you can do is probably get on Discord and just find some people to play with, unless you've got friends already, unlike me. So <laughs> So this is your first work. I'm gonna assume this is not your last work. Um are you what are you what are your um next plans, if I may ask? uh sure i mean uh, as far as the ttrpg world goes i've got some um well i mentioned that i've written a manuscript for a full call of cthulhu supplement which uh, i can't talk about because uh, it's, it's it's in development i wish i could i'm very excited about it um i've also got some scenarios uh which are actually going to be published as part of a scenario collection those of you who are familiar with call of cthulhu will know books like this you know mansions of madness uh, doors to darkness gateways to terror they're all books of scenario collection so i've got one of those coming out 
Um, I'm actually also working on a uh, a, a short sort of two part uh, RuneQuest scenario, um, which I'm pretty pretty excited about. But um, the thing is, it, uh, those of you watching who don't know, I'm actually the also the marketing director at uh, Chaosium. And I, that's obviously a full-time job. And I do this writing, uh, you know, in addition to that work. So when I have free time in the evenings or whatever, so I, I don't have as much time to do as much writing as I would like to, or to to pitch um, uh, pitch the various line editors on things that I could do that they might want in the first place too. So uh, yeah, I've, I've got a bunch of things on the, on the back burner that I would really like to do. I, I, I really want to if we can find a way to do it, I would really like to use the new basic role-playing universal game engine that we've got out to make a um, a hyper-realistic uh, Wild West sort of frontier game. So as in a, a, a Wild West game that's not actually Weird West, there's no aliens or monsters or anything. It is just like you're on the frontier, you're a cowboy, and you play it like, uh, you know, year-to-year uh pendragon style so as the years pass the town changes and you could essentially role play out deadwood from camp to city if you wanted to i think that'd be really cool but uh yeah there's a bunch of things i would really like to do so we'll find out (laughs) thank you brian for taking the time to talk to us about this work i'm really excited about it um and i uh can't wait to play this over and over and over again um (laughs) and uh to our viewers stay safe out there watch out for the woods have a great day everyone Thank you so much.